Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Well, this morning, we are going to start our new series to kick off the year. And the series is called Dreamers. Turn to the person next to you and say, Dreamers. And this morning, I'm not talking about the thoughts, images that happen at night just when you're asleep. I'm talking about the dreams that you have the visions that you have for your future, the pictures, the ideas, the aspirations and the ambitions and what captures your imagination. Do you know that in the kingdom of God, everyone gets to dream? And I think this is so, so significant that in the kingdom of God, when we do things God's way, when we come into his plan and under his authority, everybody gets to dream. How do I know this? Well, it says in the Bible, and you can turn with me to Acts chapter 2, the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon, they say, all flesh, everyone, young and old, male and female, every single person. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, the apostle Peter, he gets up and he preaches the first message and part of his uh, first sermon is quoting a prophet from hundred years ago, hundreds of years ago. And here's what he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream Dreams. And I want to encourage us that the language of God is dreams and visions. The language of God is dreams and visions. And so here's what happens as we follow this journey in the book of Acts. We see that as God begins to move, people's hearts begin to get moved. What they aspire to, what their ambitions begin to change. And the Holy Spirit is poured out and people start seeing visions. There are angels, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And God begins to communicate. God actually uses visions and dreams to mobilize people all around different parts of the world. And he hasn't stopped doing it. And so we get to be part And we get to dream. And I want to encourage you, whether or not this is your first ever time at church, whether you're new to this whole thing or whether you have uh, been around, been in church, whether you're strong in your faith, that God still wants to put within your heart a dream and a vision. And he wants to captivate your imagination. Do you know what I also want to say is no matter what your current situation or circumstance, you still have the capacity to dream. Do you know that tears and dreams are not incompatible? 
that you can be in a time of hurting deeply, things not going right, but that doesn't mean that God still can't give you a dream. Do you know that success and dreams are not incompatible? That you could be in a really great season where things are going your way, but God still wants to give you a dream. Do you know that mess and dysfunction and dreams are not incompatible with dreams? No matter what your circumstance, if you're in the midst of some very difficult things, if you're in the midst of relational breakdown, if you're in the midst of dealing with things from your past, I want to encourage you that God can still give you a dream. And I want to say at the beginning of this year that it's time to dream. It's time to dream. And we need to dream big. We need to dream big. We need to dream bold. But most importantly, we need to dream with God. And a dream, listen to this definition, is a seed word from God that inspires our imagination and infuses us with courage. Now, why do I say it's a seed word? It's a seed word because it has potential. A seed has potential, but what do you need to do with the seed? You can't just leave it in the container. You have to plant it. You have to water it. And in due time, in God's time, that dream that seed will spring to life and that will become a miracle. Do you know that dreams help us and dreams from God help us overcome a couple of things? One of the things that helps us overcome is small-mindedness. And God wants us to be big dreamers, big thinkers, and to think about what is possible. The other thing a dream from God helps us overcome is selfishness. It's not all about us. And a dream from God will give you hope where you might have despair. There might be situations for you, and I know that there are situations for people in this church sitting here right now or listening online on the podcast, where you have had lots and lots of things happen that haven't gone gone your way. And you're like, God, what is next? And God says, let's start with a dream. Let's start with a word from me. Let's start with a vision. Let's start with something that is going to go deep and capture your imagination and your heart. At the end of the service, we're going to take a couple of minutes. What are we going to do? We're going to pray for dreams. And I think this is such an important thing, whether or not you've ever done it before, but say, God, I pray that you would give me a dream. And the title of my message this morning is called The Journey of a Dream. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible, there is a guy by the name of Joseph. And if you've never read that that story before, I encourage you to read this story. We're going to be going and tapping into this story over the next couple of weeks. Genesis, starting in Genesis chapter 37, and 22 chapters of it, in fact. And Joseph had a dream. And this dream took Joseph from a a pasture, a shepherd boy, 17 years old, a Hebrew shepherd boy 
in the land which is now Israel to Egypt, not just to be in Egypt, but to actually be a prince in Egypt, a prime minister in Egypt, and to have essentially the whole country under his control. 13 years, God took him from the pasture to become a prince. And Joseph's dream started in a pasture. Joseph's dad was a guy by the name of Jacob, also known in the Bible as Israel. And he had 12 sons with four different women, and all of his sons were shepherds. Many of them were dishonest, just like Jacob was, if you read the story in Genesis as we're doing as a church on our Bible plan. And many of them were dishonest, but Joseph had the highest integrity. In fact, as we read the story, his role was like a whistleblower or an auditor. His dad would regularly send him out and he would bring back a report on what his brothers were doing. Now, his brothers were not doing things very well. And so we've got this dynamic, this sibling rivalry, family dynamic. Now, here is another thing, is that Jacob favoured Joseph, and he gave him this amazing coat, described as a coat of many colours. Now, picture this. You've got a number of kids. Just say you've got two kids. One of them you take to Kmart shopping, and the other you take to Gucci or Dolce Gabbana. This is part of the dynamic that's going on. So Joseph is telling on his brothers, his dad loves him more than the other brothers, makes it known, gives him preferential treatment, Okay, probably gives him other stuff. And so you've got this sibling rivalry. Who grew up here with brothers and sisters? What is a big theme? What is a big phrase that we hear? That's not fair. School holidays at the Scott House, that's not fair. Me growing up with my brother, I have a memory, I think I was about eight years old. My brother, we were in Thailand visiting, I don't know why I have this memory, it probably tells you a lot about me and my love for ice cream, but we were visiting um, some, we were missionaries in Thailand, we were visiting some other missionaries and we went to their house and they gave my brother two scoops And they gave me one scoop. And I lost it. And it was ugly. And it was one of those times where, you know, when you're out at someone else's house, it's okay when it's in your house, but, you know, you're you're out. And then, you know, you're like, are these people judging me? Are they like, what kind of parents, you know, what kind of training? And equity is a big thing among siblings, isn't it? Equity. That's not fair. And so it was not fair. But more than that, Joseph was, his integrity was such that he would not cover up his brother's wrongdoing. It gets worse. Joseph had a dream. Here's his dream. He says to his brothers, he's 17 years old. He says, I had a dream. We were like wheat sheaves. And all of your wheat sheaves were bowing down to me as a wheat sheaf. Is, is that like, here's another dream. 
the sun and the moon. So his dad, his mum, and then stars. Everyone was bowing down to me. And his brothers, you can understand their hatred of him is growing. Now, the story, and I encourage you to read this for yourself, eventually Joseph's dad sends him to give a report about what his brothers are doing. He has to travel to go there. So the way that I understand it, the way that I interpret it, is his brothers hated him so much but also were doing things that were so wrong that when Joseph came, they decided to kill him. This is the level of animosity and deception that was rife within this family. And so they discussed it and said, hey, it's not right to kill him. We're good people. We're just going to send him to be a slave. And that's what they did. They put him in a pit. They sold him to be a slave to a guy by the name of Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was the chief of the palace guard. And when Joseph came into there, he was such, he had such integrity and such a work ethic and he had something on him, a gift that he put into practice so much that he began to excel in that workplace and even as a slave to where he was put in charge of everything that Potiphar had, his whole household. Now, Joseph at that time was beginning to grow and mature, and the Bible said he was very good looking, and Potiphar's wife wanted to have an affair with him, but Joseph said no, and he resisted the temptation of that. Such was his integrity, and he refused, and as a result of his refusal, he was falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife and he was put in prison. Now, he was actually put in prison in Potiphar's house. That's what the Bible says. It actually says he was in, because he was in charge of the palace guard, the prison was actually located in that same area. And so he's there. He would no doubt have been mistreated in that space. Again, Joseph begins to excel in prison, and in prison, he accurate, over time, he accurately interprets the dreams of others. And as he does, he says, look, I'm, I'm going to interpret these dreams, but when you get out, please remember me. And did the people remember him? No, they forgot about him. Until one time, Pharaoh himself, the king of Egypt, needed a dream interpreted And it was only at that time that he was remembered and elevated from prison to be a prince and a prime minister of all of Egypt in an instant. Here's something that's really fascinating as you begin to read the text is there are 22 chapters starting in Genesis Genesis 37 about Joseph. But actually at the beginning of those chapters it says that it's not about Joseph. Let's read this, Genesis 37, the first part of verse 2. It says, this is the story of Jacob's family. 
This story, it was Joseph's dream, but it was God's story. And this is something that we need to understand about God's dreams that he places within us, that they aren't about our story, they're about God's story. What was God doing? We'll see here on the next slide. God was actually perfectly positioning Joseph in the perfect time to save not only Joseph, not only his family, but the nation of Egypt and the entire region from a regional famine. That God actually used Joseph not to position him into a place just for influence, but actually God used him to save a whole generation. And I want to encourage you with a couple of things. The first is this, that a dream from God connects us to God's story. As I said, when I have a dream from God, it's not about me. It's about God, me being part of God's plan and God's purpose for this. It's about bringing salvation. At the end of the whole story in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph says this, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. What an amazing filter to think about your life, to think about some of the tragedy, some of the pain. That through the grace of God, he could repurpose the pain to bring salvation, that it could be part of your story, but not the end of your story. You know, fascinating, this is also what the Apostle Peter says in Acts chapter 2, at the end of uh, what I read out before, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It reminds us that God's dreams, God's vision, what captures our hearts, what captures our imagination is not just for us. It connects us to God's story, but also it reminds us that we need to dream like the future of the next generation depends on it. And I want to encourage you, this, this is something that we are passionate about as a church. We are passionate that the next generation will love God. The next generation will serve God. I know that some of you and many of you here are crying out to God and seeking God to say, God, I don't want my kids to have made some of the decisions that I made. I want them to live their life in fruitfulness, in wholeness, and in freedom. And I want to say, if that's you, then this is available to you. That by the grace of God, we can see generations come into freedom and breakthrough, whether or not we experience that ourselves. And this year, we are going to commit as a church, as we have done, to City Lights being a place where our kids and youth can thrive. And so please be praying about that. And we're going to see some things happen in that space. But this morning, I want to give you three big picture lessons that we can learn from the journey of Joseph's dream. Okay, this is real zoom out. Because some of you have probably heard this story before. Some of you can kind of 
be there. Others of you may not have heard it before. But here are some zoom out big picture lessons. What's your expectation of when God gives you a dream? And I hope that you have some of them already. And maybe some of them have been fulfilled. Maybe some of them are still unfulfilled. But often our expectation is this. God gives us a dream. It's fulfilled. But this is the reality. This is what we can understand. This is some of the things that Joseph experienced. He had the dream, rejection, jealousy, service, temptation, abandonment, integrity, faith, hopelessness. And even after the fulfillment of the dream, he still had to exercise faithfulness and eventually God brought him into reconciliation with his family. And the first thing that I want to say, the first lesson we can learn is this one. Dreams never work out. They only work through. This has been one of the biggest revelations of my life. And one of the biggest uh, words of encouragement that I can give people. Being a pastor, I hear a lot of people say, I've got a dream from God. I've got a vision from God. I've got a word from God. God told me this. Unfortunately, what I often hear is people say, oh, well, it didn't work out. And I want to encourage you, it never works out. And in fact, the, the purpose of the word from God, that seed word, is actually that God actually gives the power not, to, not that it will work out, but it will work through that it's designed to encourage you. I've never had a major thing that's happened in my life where I've just had the dream and I've just stepped into it and it's been like, wow, that was amazing. That was like the best five minutes of waiting of life in, you know, between when God gave me the word and then my bank account filled and I didn't have to trust God for anything. I didn't have to stay. I didn't have to exercise any of the fruit of the Spirit, patience, kindness. Beck and I even had a dream to plant this church 20 years old, 20 years ago. And it didn't work out, but it worked through. And I want to encourage you, if you have a word from God, or when you get a word from God as you start to begin to pray and to seek God for a word, when you get it, Don't think that it's going to work out. Remind yourself that it's going to work through. I said, a dream is a seed word from God that inspires our imagination and infuses us with courage. The question is, why does it give us courage? Is we going to need courage for when we're in the gap between what God has promised us and the reality of where we are? But actually, God has called us to live there. He's called us to inhabit that space. How? By faith. It's God's dream and God's fulfillment. Here's another expectation that we have. That it's steps. Okay, I've got a plan. Now, I want to encourage you that 
It's good to have a plan. Don't stop planning. But with most things that are we dream about from God, they are going to require the supernatural and they're not often things that you can step one day to another. There are things that you can plan. There are things that you can and should do. But I want to encourage you that this is actually more of what it looked like for Joseph. That there were some high points starting, starting off in his life, in the pasture, the favor that he had with his dad, being in the pit, the favor that he had in Potiphar's house, being in prison, forgotten, abandoned. And then God did something in an instant. Did God put Joseph in charge of Egypt in one day? Or did he do it in 13 years? It's interesting, and I hope that you're encouraged, because we think sequentially, but God thinks exponentially. There is a value to faithfulness, to integrity, and when in the right time, God says, okay, now's the time. I'm going to take you from here to here in a way that you can't orchestrate. This is... So incredible. And I want to encourage you that we should work hard, but we should also rest in God's timing. We should be focused. We should have good habits. We should have a disciplined lifestyle. But that's different to having your life mapped out on a spreadsheet where you're going to achieve all these certain things by your own strength. That's not bad, but that's not the way that God operates. God operates exponentially. The final thing I want to talk about is what I call the shaping of the dreamer. So here's a question I thought about when I was reading this passage. I read it a number of times preparing for this series. I thought about what kind of preparation is required for a teenage Hebrew shepherd to lead the Egyptian nation through a seven-year drought? It's an interesting question. Have you thought about that? Now, Joseph's experiences where he was immersed in culture, where his integrity was tested and challenged, where he is put in different pressure situations, tempted. The Bible says he, in every single situation, he's shown. He proved himself and he was tested in different situations. I don't know if you remember uh, this tragic story last year of the Titan sub. Does anyone remember this? Story, very, very sad story. So this is about 6.5 meters wide. It was a kind of very expensive tour that you could go down, I think about 3.5 kilometers below the sea to see the wreckage of the Titanic. And so this Titan submersible, I think it was actually 3.8 kilometers 
It was put down there and unfortunately it exploded. Why did it explode? Is because as you go down, it's about 400 times the pressure of the atmosphere as you go down. And so a number of people lost their lives and it burst within, they say, one twentieth of a second. Boom. The thing just exploded because it wasn't strong enough. You know, I believe that there's something to learn about the journey of a dream that one of the kindest things that God can do is he can prepare us and if we allow him, let him to shape us and test us and get us ready for what's ahead. Because if we are sent into actually, if God actually gave you and fulfilled your prayers and your dream right now, some of us couldn't handle it because we haven't been formed. We haven't been shaped. And so sometimes we think God is being unkind by stopping us or not answering our prayers in the way that we want, in the timing that we want. But when we understand the timing of God, that we allow him, and we have to allow him, we have to partner with him, to allow him to shape us, to change us, and to prepare us for what's ahead. And I want to encourage you that many of you have been pressure tested. And some of you, and I would say at times in my life, I've been pressure tested and I have failed that pressure test. And sometimes God puts me back in a very similar circumstance, a very similar situation. Why? So that I get another go at it, so I can pass the test. God can shape me, form me, and then I can continue to grow in strength and in knowledge of God. So the shaping of a dreamer, as we look at this, I want to encourage you to normalize these things. Because some people think, oh, if it's a dream from God, if it's a word from God, it's, everything's just going to fall into my lap. And I want to say, more likely, if it's a word from God, you are going to be rejected. You are going to be misunderstood. You are going to be abandoned. You are going to be overlooked. And this is part of how God forms us because he wants us to look to him when people reject us. He wants us to have hope and to have faith when we feel abandoned. And this is part of how God wants to form you. Joseph always chose integrity. He chose integrity in the pressure of his brothers. He chose integrity in the pressure of sexual temptation from Potiphar's wife. He chose to help those in prison, even though he could have easily decided not to. And the interesting thing is Joseph could have easily rationalized his decisions. He could have easily said, look, if I'm, I'm in Potiphar's house and if I am going to stay here, I need to do what I need to do to be in this position. Or my brothers have anger against me. Okay, I'm just going to look the other way so that we keep the peace. And God wants us 
to be defined by integrity and shaped by adversity. Dreamers are defined by integrity and shaped by adversity. And I encourage you that the circumstances are meant to make you and not to break you. We have clear promises from God that he does not put us into situations and circumstances where it will be too much for us. But God gives us the grace that we need, the power that we need, the strength that we need. And some people, they use their dreams as an excuse to take shortcuts, to rationalize and justify things that aren't godly, that lack integrity and righteousness and say, well, I need to do this to get there. I remember very clearly before I uh, became a full-time pastor, some of the pressures in the workforce to fit in. And by the grace of God, I chose to keep integrity despite some of the setbacks. And I want to encourage each and every one of us in the situations, in the circumstances, to be defined by integrity, to be the same person here on a Sunday that we are on a Monday, on a Friday night. And God wants to invite us into this journey of shaping where we know what it is to walk with Him and we trust that He alone has the power to fulfill the good things that he has placed in our lives. It's meant to make you, not break you. Dreamers are defined by integrity and shaped by adversity. Right now, we're going to take about two or three minutes and I want to invite you to ask God for dreams. As I said, it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. You might be in a circumstance of incredible pain. You might be in a circumstance where things are going great. No matter where you are, I want you to pray a prayer, a life-giving prayer, but also a, a dangerous prayer in a good way. And say, God, I pray that you would fill my heart, my imagination, that you would put vision and life within me, that you would fill me with your dreams. Can we pray together? Won't you uh, bow your head? Just focus your mind. Holy Spirit, we remember the promise. The promise from the prophet Joel, the promise that was spoken by the Apostle Peter, that you are going to pour out visions and dreams and words from God. And so, Lord, right now we just release that in every heart, in every mind, no one excluded, no level of brokenness, dysfunction, pain can stop any of us from entering this moment. And I pray right now, that you would release that. If you want part of that, if you want that for your life, just pray a simple prayer, just out loud, just doesn't have to be loud, but 
vocalize these words, God, fill me with dreams. God, give me a dream. God, fill me with dreams. Give me a dream, God. Give me a vision from you. God, help me to see. Help me to hear. And I believe that as you do, not only now, but continue to do, that God is going to surprise and delight you. Heartbreak's not my home. You are, you are, and sickness is not my story. You are, you are, and death is not the ending. You are, you are, fear is not my future. You are, you are. Sickness is not my story. You are, you are, and heartbreak's not my home. You are, you are, and death is not the ending. You are, you are. Just before we close the service and uh, hang out together, have some food together, I want to give an opportunity. If you're here and you've never had the opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart, to receive him, not just as a good man, but as God came to earth, lived, died, was resurrected, ascended to heaven, and to start a journey of following Him. If you'd love to do that, I'd love to pray with you. And I'm going to pray. And as I pray, all you need to do is just agree with the prayer. Just say, God, I want that prayer. This is what I'm believing. We'll tell you what is next after that. But if that's you, just as I'm praying, you just agree with this prayer. Jesus, we accept you. As God, we know that you have the power to save us from sin, brokenness, to heal us, to bring us into freedom. And Lord, we choose to welcome you and accept you, to see you not just as a friend, you are a friend, but as God and as Lord and as Savior. And so Lord, as we Say yes to that invitation. We pray that you would fill our hearts with peace and with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.